Warning, the stories in this podcast often contain violent and disturbing events. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. I've got a story of someone's creepy experience doing some urban exploration, and another about a late night relaxing drive that turned terrifying. A big thanks to our contributors, user Skyline2 and user Princess Siren, for sharing their stories with us. And as always, thanks so much to the members of the Nightmare Society Campfire Online at patreon.com slash nightmare society. Keeping the lights on around here. Thanks, guys. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of the Nightmare Society. I'm in my late teens, female, and I grew up in a pretty small city, which gets even smaller when the Queen's students leave for summer. Ontario is home to Queen's University, which means that I'm not typically alone at night when I go out on my late night endeavors. However, once those students are gone for the summer, I tend to find myself in riskier situations with rougher looking people. It's almost as if when the students leave, the crazies come back. I'm a huge advocate of exploration, and I explore every single chance I can get. This hobby of mine has gotten me into trouble more than a few times, and I'm honestly lucky to still remain unscathed by any insane person to this day. There are quite a few abandoned buildings in my city, which nearly anyone who is interested in horror and adventure would love to find their way inside of. I have an eye for detail and I'm only around 5 foot 1, 116 pounds, so that makes me the perfect candidate to escape into some small crevices and holes of abandoned buildings. Not too long ago, I had found a building I was scoping out for a while. I found my way in with little effort, and understood the dangers of going alone. I'm a risk taker, but I'm not stupid, so of course I had someone with me. Now let's just say I wasn't expecting this person to be as flaky and easily frightened as they were, so most of the rooms I entered I had to enter on my own. Equipped with a flashlight and bag in case I found anything super interesting, I explored the dark corners of this building. I didn't expect it to be so huge. I found a journal with writing in it that looked to be a foreign language, and even with my knowledge of different languages, I could not decipher what this person was going on about. I also saw multiple mathematical formulas but with a type of math I had never seen before, surrounded by odd symbols and drawings. There was also a ton of zodiac signs and talking of the planets and their rotation, 
which was enough to put me off in itself due to the fact that my own zodiac sign was heavily underlined and rewritten multiple times. Of course, I did not piece anything together here because it's extremely unlikely anyone would be in the building with me. But I started to feel even more on edge as the night crawled on. I made it a promise to myself to check every room because I didn't crawl into a dark hole for nothing. My friend had opted in staying near the entrance and I obliged simply because arguing would lead to noise and noise led to alerting others of my presence. I continued looking amongst this dark eerie building which contained this thick air that I almost felt I had to sift through as if it were a thick visible fog. I had already seen a bed, clothing, books, stickers, anything you could think of. But abandoned buildings commonly house these items as I'm not unfamiliar with squatters staying in places for a few days and then moving on. However, in all my years of exploration, I never encountered someone who stayed in a building or approached me in a building that I entered. I started to get deeper into the building. I went down the stairs and walked down a dark, wet hallway. I felt like I had been there a few hours, that there couldn't be anything else I hadn't already explored. As I got further away from not only my friend, but the exit as well, my basic senses started to heighten. I think it might have been due to this that I started to smell a putrid odor near me, one that I had not noticed upon initially entering. I was stuck in a hallway with little places to go, so I entered another room, hoping to escape the smell. However, the smell started to turn into footsteps, and I realized the room I was now standing in was barricaded in some way, with mattresses against the walls piled on top of one another, needles around my feet, and children's toys scattered carelessly. Typically no red flags go off in my head when I'm in an abandoned building, until I stumble upon children's clothing or children's toys. That's where I always draw the line. I turned around and told myself it was time to leave, but I didn't feel like it was just me that was going to be leaving. I started walking back the way I came, finding my way through the mess and clutter, the disgusting odors and tapping of feet and plunking of water. I hated the buildings I explored that only had one exit. I knew if I made one wrong move it could easily lead to something awful, so I did not turn around. At this point, either due to adrenaline or my senses heightening, which I believe to have been connected to my adrenaline kicking in, I could literally feel someone behind me. I heard, smelled, and felt the presence of someone walking no more than six feet behind me. At this point, I picked up my pace, but in a way that wouldn't be too obvious. And when I reached the exit, I cannot explain the euphoria I felt. It was such a relief to see my friend and tell her to get the heck out of here. As soon as I started making my way to the hole to the exit, I felt a strong grip on my right leg, and my heart literally stopped. 
Whoever was in this building had clearly been following me and watching me the entire time, but didn't bother touching me until the second I tried to leave. I didn't even look back. I just started kicking my leg and screaming. At this point, I didn't care about people hearing me. My friend quickly caught on and started screaming too, then reached for both of my hands. Whoever had been gripping my leg had gripped me so hard when I finally broke loose there were red indents on my calf. We went home and literally did not speak another word about it. Actually, I tried to change the subject in my shivery voice because I was so scared whoever this person was would have been following us home as well. Long story short, we were not followed anymore and my friend proposed that it may have been someone else exploring, or a teenager up to no good that wanted to scare me by following me and grabbing me, so I would assume I was in danger. Personally, I don't believe that. No normal person smells that horrible, or has that much time to follow around a girl through an abandoned building that, to my initial inspection, had been abandoned for nearly three years. I assumed it was safe since there was no sign of anyone for so long. The next morning there were purple bruises on my leg. I didn't go to the police because it's not a great impression to be entering abandoned buildings in the first place. I don't really know what to make of this experience, but I am so happy I'm alive. And whoever that was did not grab me sooner. Always, always, always bring somebody with you when you explore buildings. If it wasn't for my friend grabbing me, I don't know if I would have been able to kick my way out of there. So, creepy, silent, child-grabbing, abandoned building stalker. Let's not meet again. I love to drive, like hours long drives to nowhere with no destination in mind, just me, my music and the road ahead of me. Living in Nebraska I'd often take back roads or lonely highways cutting through the countryside to small towns and eventually cities, and I'd usually take these drives at night since there was less traffic to worry about. I've done it since I've had my license four or five years ago, and I've never once had any sort of issue, nor have I ever run into any trouble. That was until a few nights ago. For reference, I'm a relatively small 22-year-old female, and as I've stated before, I often take these drives completely and utterly alone. They're a good way to clear my head when I'm stressed, upset, or overwhelmed, or for me to get a plan together to sort personal issues out. I've also done these long and lonely drives to get away from the toxicity of my household when I used to live with my parents, as a means of coping with their alcoholism. Though now that I've moved out and am in a much better place mentally, I don't really have the urge to get in my car and just drive anymore. 
However, on the night this event took place, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious with a heck of a lot of personal issues I'd rather not get into. I felt restless and irritable around my boyfriend. I couldn't focus on anything else and decided I would take a drive to clear my head. My boyfriend was understanding and told me to be careful and not to be gone for too terribly long, since it was getting pretty late. I agreed, kissed him goodbye, and left. I drove around our city for about 30 minutes, but I was still feeling on edge about everything transpiring in my personal life, so I decided to drive further north down those familiar, dark, winding, one-lane highways. I kept the car at a steady 65 miles per hour, taking the turns at a slower pace in case a deer jumped out around the bend, and I was just admiring the vast, empty darkness of the snow-capped fields and barren trees. It was honestly a bit creepy being all alone with no cars in sight, in seemingly the middle of nowhere the few houses miles back from the road, lightless and the dead cornfields withered away and covered in the snow. It was like something out of a horror movie, and I half expected to see a ghost pop up in my rearview mirror, or see someone clamber out from the patches of trees dotting the horizon. The only light came from my headlights, and even then I still strained to see through the inky darkness of the night. By now it was just after eleven and I told myself that once I made the familiar roundabout that would either take you to a small town or back up towards the city, I would head back to the city and then home. That roundabout was still maybe 15 to 25 minutes away, but other than my imagination picturing the worst, I wasn't really all that concerned. I mean, I was by myself. I didn't have any other motorists to worry about, right? wrong. As I'm about to round another bend, I notice a vehicle with its hazards flashing maybe a quarter of a mile or something away from me. It was some sort of sedan, dark colored, and was angled to where only part of it was on the shoulder, while the rest was jutted out onto the road, like they had to pull over in a hurry but didn't quite manage to do it fully. The driver's side door was flung wide open and as I slowed my vehicle down and angled it towards the opposite side of the road to pass, I could make out what looked like maybe blood on the inside of the open door. I didn't see anyone on the road or in the car, and I was the only motorist in sight. Cell phone reception is spotty at best in this part of the country but more often than not, you couldn't get reception no matter how hard you prayed, which was definitely the case when I took a glance at my phone to see if I had any service. So, a lone female on the road at night, pulling up near a vacant vehicle that looks like someone had been attacked on the inside, with no self-service. Now, I'm no dummy. I've watched countless episodes of Investigation Discovery and Criminal Minds, and I've read far too many true crime books to know that this had a bad and danger sign written all over it. 
but there was still a small part of me that worried something terrible had happened to whoever was in that vehicle, and I thought that I needed to help. These roads don't get a lot of traffic late at night, and temperatures were well below freezing. If someone were hurt or in trouble, there was no one and nothing else to help them but me. Still, I erred on the side of caution. I was still driving my car, though a bit more slowly, and as I approached the vehicle, I rolled down my passenger window a bit, shut off the music, and called out, Hey! Anyone there? Are you okay? I didn't hear a response. I worried they were passed out somewhere, but I wasn't about to get out and look for them. I told myself I would call out one last time, and if I didn't hear anything, I would leave, and the moment there was reception, I would call it in. And if I did hear someone, well, I'd figure out my next course of action then. So again, I shout, Hey, what happened? Are you okay? There was silence for a beat and then I heard rustling in the shadows of the trees, followed by a gruff voice saying, Yeah. 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 I was relieved at first, and was about to say something in response, or even possibly stop my car and get out. But then I noticed three things nearly simultaneously. As I inched my way past the front of the sedan, I noticed there was no damage to the hood, or anywhere else on the vehicle which I found to be strange considering the blood on the inside of the door. In my rearview mirror, I caught a glance of someone coming out from behind the sedan, and they were making their way towards my car. Fast. The person did not have any blood on them or appear injured in any way. They were also wearing a mask. Not like a face mask for COVID or a ski mask or anything normal but one of those masks you would see on the Purge movies, and they were holding something in their hand. I don't know what it was, I couldn't get a good look, but from its length and shape, my guess was maybe a tire iron, or a crowbar, or something of that nature. I don't need to tell you that I slammed on the gas the moment I noticed those things and drove out like a bat out of hell, my heart thundering in my chest and my entire body shaking. My window was still rolled down to my haste and the music was still shut off, so I could very clearly hear someone, definitely a man, shouting at me, though I had no clue what they were saying. I just knew I had to get out of there immediately. I stole one last look in my rearview mirror as I drove away, mostly to see if they were getting in their sedan to follow Chase or if they had stopped. The man with the weapon was still standing out in the middle of the road, watching me, and right before I looked away from the mirror, I saw a second man emerge from the trees that had been rustling earlier, also wearing one of those creepy masks, and no trace of blood on him. I probably broke every law for speeding that night, but I wanted to get as far away from those men as possible. As soon as I made it to the roundabout, I turned towards town, parking in the Walmart parking lot that thankfully still had cars from who I assumed were workers closing up shop, and proceeded to have a full-on meltdown. When I could pull myself together, I called one of my friends, T, who was a police officer, 
tell him what happened and what I should do. He was concerned for me and after asking if I was okay, where I was, did they follow me, etc. He told me it was out of city limits so he couldn't do much on his end, but he could get in contact with the local police and sheriff in that jurisdiction to take my statement and go check it out. I agreed, thanked him, and while I waited for police to show up, I called my boyfriend. Through my hysterical sobs and panic, I managed to tell him what happened not even ten or so minutes ago. He was, as you could imagine, super freaked out for my safety and wanted me to either come home immediately or to drive down himself to take me home. I told him police were on their way to take my statement so I couldn't leave and that I was okay, but I stayed on the phone with him until I saw the familiar police cruisers pulling into the lot. I gave the police my statement and they assured me they would go back to the spot I told them the sedan had been in to take a look and that they would try to catch the guys who did it. Though with no cameras and no description of the men, I wasn't sure they'd be able to do anything. I didn't even get the license plate number, though at the time of my panic the thought never came to my mind until the police were asking if I got it. All they had to go off of was a dark colored sedan and two guys with masks. After I gave my statement, I went home and stayed curled up close to my boyfriend the whole night, listening to every sound the house made in fear it would be those guys arriving any minute to finish whatever it was they started. Since the incident, I haven't heard back from police about whether or not they've had any leads, and I'm not sure that they ever will. I'm just thankful I'm still here, and that I didn't stop my car or get out. I'm not sure what would have become of me if I had. I still have so many questions that have no answers. What were they doing? Why? Was that blood on the inside of the car, or just a ruse to get more attention? If it really was blood, did they hurt someone else? What would have happened to me if I had stopped my car? Needless to say, I won't be going on any more late night drives to anywhere, and I hope I never cross paths with those freaks again. Don't forget, if you've got a story you'd like to submit, you can send it to NightmareSocietyRadio at gmail.com. And feel free to give us a follow over on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time. Sweet dreams.